Uh, we were we were both in such good moods, and then uh, we I, we I got a little punchy on hitting the record button, a little trigger happy on the record button, and uh, now we hate each other as usual. I assume it's like dealing with a child, <laughs> where you just ask them to just wait one minute, and they can't, and you just want to keep doing the thing that they want to do, and they just refuse to wait. I have like 20 buttons to press before we can start the actual recording, and you just, you, you know, you just get on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. So this is the second time I've made this recommendation. This is not a formal analog recommendation. This is just a for fun recommendation. Um, years and years and years ago, probably early aughts, uh, Kevin James, who you would know from Hitch, from Paul Blart, Mall Cop, uh, from King of Queens, he did a stand-up special on Comedy Central um, called, I think, Sweat the Small Stuff. And it's something like 45 minutes because I think it was an hour long when it was aired with commercials. And, um, mm-hmm. and it was on Comedy Central, which is a cable television network, but it was on at a time. Looks when like it's could... on Netflix now. I was going to say it's probably available other places, um, it, but it's clean. You know, it, it's not raunchy and the language is clean um, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious. I love that 45 minute stand up special so much. It is so good. And one of the things that Kevin talks about in it is that dance when... And I, well, I don't know how much this is going to make sense to you, Mike, and I don't mean that to dismissively, but like if you're getting into the car and especially back in the day when you would have the little bloop bloop on your on your keys. What's a car? Yeah. Yeah. What, what is an automobile? Mm-hmm. Um, so you would get in the car and you would hit the bloop bloop in order to like unlock it. And, it. and it used to be I haven't had this happen to me in years, but it used to be that if you happen to be pulling up or pulling out on that handle, the door handle at the same moment yeah. you do the little bloop yeah. bloop. You know, it would like cancel each other out, right? Mm-hmm. I've experienced this with people letting you in the car, right? The doors are locked and you pull it and then they, and then you just keep doing it and everyone just keeps pressing and unlocking and pressing and unlocking. Yep, exactly. And so I'm ruining the joke, but it, he's talked about doing this with, I think, his wife or girlfriend or whatever. And then uh, and he's, <laughs> at some point he's like, just put your butt on the curb. Come, I'm going to come around and I'll let you in. And he's you know, screaming at the top of his lungs and it's hilarious. And so I feel like that was you and me moments ago. All of that mm-hmm. work was for this moment. That was you and me moments ago when I was saying, all right, I'm hitting record. No, don't hit record. All right, I stopped recording. Okay, hit record. Okay, I'm recording. <laughs> it's just back and forth. So I should have just sat my butt on the curb. You should have come around to my computer and hit the record button for me. Oh, you don't even know how much I wish I could do that. <laughs> and this isn't one of those, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, like, oh, I miss seeing you, so I feel I wish I could be in your space right now. No, it's not That's that. a different thing. I do agree with that, <laughs> but that's not what I'm talking about. If I had the ability to set you up the way I want you set up, oh, my life would be so much nicer. Well, you know, I feel like you would be saying this about Gray. I don't feel like my setup is that ridiculous. I feel this way about pretty much everybody I work with, because I just want everyone to be set up how I want, in the same way that everybody wants to be set up how they want. Sure. Uh, that's all I want, is just to be able to set everyone's computers up the exact way that I want them, <laughs> and then I know that they're done the way I like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of doing things the way you like, we were talking before the show, and then I interrupted you, uh, and I was saying that, you know, that we were doing our normal update, how, how are your kids, how's Adina, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and I'd said, well, the kids were getting a little feral because we'd had some really crummy weather for a long stretch. And then I was trying to fumble my way through figuring out what temperature it it is here without like Googling it. And so I'm trying to think, well, you know, what's room temperature in, in Celsius? I got to imagine it's like somewhere in the 15 to 20 range. I honestly don't know. That may be preposterous. And so I asked Mike, you know, what's room temperature? And you said, I don't know. And then I said, well, what do you have your house set to? And then everything went right off the rails. So what is the thermostat in your house set to? I don't have a thermostat. How is that possible? Well, uh, we have a kind of weird 
arrangement for heating here. So one, all of our heating is electric. That in and of itself is not unreasonable, even for here. The way that our place is set up is we have electric radiators in the rooms. Interesting. Okay. They're just radiators on the wall, but Uh they're electric powered. And when we bought this house, well, and still to this day, only one of these radiators works out of the four that we have. What? And you can heat the entire place with one radiator? No. Uh, And the radiators also have these functions on them that we don't really bother with. We just turn it on. It, we only, the only one that works is the one in the living room and like the living room kitchen area. Mm-hmm. We just turn it on, and then when we're warm enough, we turn it off. Um, then in, my, in the office and in the bedroom, we have Dyson heaters. So I have one in here, which is also a fan, right? So it's sure, like the sure. hot, cool thing. Yeah, yeah. And we have one in the bedroom that's also an air purifier um, and or humidifier. It's an air purifier, right? And so we just turn those on to warm us. And those are not by temperature. They have like a number scale between like 1 and 25. And so we just have the numbers on the Dyson that we know we like. I have no idea what the temperature is like in the house. It's one of those things. We never we never fixed it. it like it wasn't a high on our immediate oh, sure. requirement because yeah. we could the, – the, the two – like the places where we – need warmth like we had solutions as soon as we moved in right and we could and we will well we always could have replaced the radiators it's a simple enough thing it's electric like you don't really need to Mm -hmm. it's not like Mm -hmm. if you were replacing a gas radiator it's probably more of a to-do right because there's pipes and all that kind of stuff but these you just take the old one off the wall Un, like the de- dewire it. I don't know what you would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Wired mm-hmm. into like a little box, right? Mm-hmm. And you just take that off, put the new one on. We just bring someone in to replace them. We just never did it, and then we just haven't done it. But I did mention to Adina there, it's like we're going to have to do this before we sell the house. And as a, like I thought, like we're going no nope, people aren't going to want to buy a house that has no like heating control. <laughs> and so it's an easy enough thing, and we'll just do it. But we've never done it. So for that reason. I don't know what my room temperature is because we don't have a thermostat to set it to. So I don't have an idea of what room temperature is. It's just when I'm warm enough or whatever is is my room temperature. That is bananas to me. Like, I understand everything you just said. And in and of itself, it does make sense. But to have a, a domicile where you cannot set the temperature is nuts to me. That is absolutely bananas. No, I, I, I agree. It's, it's weird. Uh, the studio actually... Uh, we try and keep it to a temperature, but that's difficult to heat a room that large. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it never gets to the temperature that we're setting it at. So like I have the Dyson to try and achieve there like 20 something degrees. You know what? Actually, the, the Dysons might be set to temperature and not a dial. Now I'm thinking. Mm, so for mm-hmm. me, like 22, 23, which I assume is Celsius, <laughs> is kind yeah. of what I like as the room temperature in the winter. It's funny you say that because I Googled, or actually DuckDuckGo, uh, before you said that, what is 72 degrees Fahrenheit in Celsius? Because I think 72 is generally considered to be roughly yeah. room temperature. It's 22.2 repeating degrees Celsius. So that's exactly what you said, 22, 23 degrees. So that makes sense. I only like it that temperature in the winter, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, absolutely. I don't know if that, if that is normal for people or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. like to, especially the, my, the, where I'm working, I like to keep 
the temperature warm because it's it's easier on my RSI mm-hmm. if it's warm. Man, that is it makes perfect sense. That is bananas to me that you have a place in which you live that you can't have that you don't have a traditional thermostat. And I know that you guys don't really believe in aircon. Even if we had the radiators changed, there isn't a thermostat still. You would have to set each individual radiator. There isn't a centralized location for heating control in this apartment. Yeah, I, I guess that makes sense. It's just so bananas. No, like it's weird. I find that weird. Like if you have heating, you should be able to centrally control it. So right. like I'm, when we move. Well, one, I want to look into what the feasibility would be for air conditioning in the bedroom, at least. <laughs> um, I, Indeed. You know, you you have to have them put in, and it has to be those, like, ugly on-the-wall ones here, right? Yeah, I know Because we don't exactly have the plumbing for them. Yep. And, and I would like to look into what that would be. But other than that, like, I want to have, you know, that centrally controlled nest style, yeah, yeah. whatever it would be thermostat like i would do some research because i know a lot of people that have nests and have had them since nests were cool and now don't really like their nests yep, or, yep. i don't even know if they're called nests anymore um maybe they're like google home heat stat or some nonsense <laughs> but uh i you know there, there are other products like hive uh i know it, i think is one that's pretty Ecobee, popular here i think a lot of people are, are liking these days i know what you're saying mm-hmm. yeah we have just uh shoot i think they're Maybe, no, it's not Honeywell. I don't know. We have some sort of like um, industrial manufacturers, like smart thermostat, but not fancy. So definitely smart. I can control it via the internet and whatnot, but not fancy. Yeah, I don't want fancy. You know, I want the controls of a regular thermostat that I can just do from an app and in HomeKit. Like, I don't want it to learn or any of that. Yeah, exactly. Yep, 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 yep. I'll do the learning. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You just do what I need. You know, there's some things where I think we can over-engineer. Oh, absolutely. Right. Couldn't agree more. And a a lot of this stuff is like, we kind of don't don't need that. Like, sometimes all I want my computer to do is turn on, turn off. That's all, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I I want HomeKit to just be able to turn a switch on and turn a switch off. I don't need any more than that. It's like I know that like uh, they've added that adaptive lighting thing into mm. HomeKit now, where like it basically does night shift to your home lights. And I know people are super excited about that, but I will choose the color of the light. Yep, like I'm with you. I'm perfectly capable of making that decision. And honestly, I like my lights at a pretty consistent warm temperature, no matter what time of day it is. It's just how I like it. Yep. So I don't need the home kit to to change it for me yep i completely i completely agree with you and uh yeah we're we're putting uh and sort of kind of an addition on the house and so aaron and i are discussing like what the the smart oh, home you. components are for this and you know what should we make intelligent what we, what should we not and you know i don't know if you saw on twitter the other day but i'd asked you know and this is a great example of what do you want to be smart and so what i the, the net result i wanted was I want to be able to have fans. We're, we're putting a porch on the back of that, or we're replacing the porch that was falling down and putting a proper porch on the back of the house. Well, anyway, so I wanted to be able to control fans in that porch via my phone, like including not just the light and not just whether or not the fan was on, but also the speed at which the fan is spinning. And so I thought, well, I guess I'm going to have to get a fan that is that is natively capable of doing HomeKit. And a bunch of people said in very, very kind ways, no, you idiot, you get a dumb fan, as dumb a fan as you can possibly find. And then you put that dumb fan on a smart switch 
And then he got the yeah. best of both worlds. And and it's stuff like that that is obvious in retrospect that I hadn't considered. And it's I think it's similar to what you're talking about. Like, yes, I could get a HomeKit fan. Apparently, there's like one that works outside, and I don't particularly care for the look of it. But it's literally like $500 or something like that. And I don't like the look of it. And I could just simplify all of this by just getting a switch that's capable of controlling the world's yeah. dumbest fan. I understand that. But there is still like a, yeah, but it depends type thing. Totally. It's like, yeah, what yeah. do you want it to do? Because... The switch isn't going to be able to control any of the features a fan can do. Well, it can. Uh, certain right? certain fans, as paired with certain switches, can control the speed because apparently most, but not all, most fans, they're basic. Like in terms of speed, they're it's basically like a just voltage. on a. It's just a dimmer for all intents and purposes. Okay. So all yes, right. I hear people say it's about lights, but I want the features that hue bulbs give. And that's right? fair. Yeah, yeah. That's Which fair. is more like I want. I I want to have color control of our lamps. Which you know you can't do otherwise. So totally, I agree in principle, but I have some asterisks myself. I think I, for me personally, when it comes to smart home equipment, especially, I have like I start with, is it HomeKit? Like I'm on HomeKit now. That's just mm-hmm, what I've mm-hmm. decided to settle on as all of the devices that I want. Um, I've found for my own purposes, HomeKit to be reliable, but it's also with iOS, really easy to get to the controls on my phone, which I do a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than speaking. Um, But I've found in most instances, if you find something that's HomeKit, it's probably on the Amazon Echo as well. Yep, yep, yep. Right, like that that happens more often than not than the other way around, where like Mm -hmm. you can control it on the Echo, but not in HomeKit. And again, I still have my fingers crossed for this Twipe future where all these companies are coming together <laughs> and apparently building some interoperable protocol, right? Like, n- I'm concerned that not too much of this has been said Agreed. since they initially announced it. But nevertheless, I, I, I'm going to have hope that they will all find a way to talk better together. But then once I've gotten that part out of the way, I then like, why do I want this thing to be connected to the internet? These are the basic features that I want. And then try and go out from there. And sometimes it's as simple as, I just want to be able to turn this thing on and off. Like, we just got like... um like a surge protector that has individually addressable turn on and offs. Oh yeah. We had, we got something like that for the outside. It only has two ports on it, but you can control each of them individually. Yeah. And it's a funny thing. Uh, James Thompson turned me onto this. It's actually a product made in Hong Kong Mm. for the Hong Kong market. Oh, interesting. But we have the same plug sockets. Oh, I feel so bad for Hong Kong. We have really good safe <laughs> plug sockets. <laughs> there it is. I'm not really, there I'm not really relitigating this <laughs> argument with you because you were wrong on it. I'm but not this, wrong. it has four uh, plug sockets and four USB ports, oh, that's and cool. you can turn them all on and off together, or you can degroup the plug sockets. The USB ports are all one, uh, but you can turn them off individually. So, like, I bought Adina a lava lamp for Christmas, oh, and this is nice. why we ended up doing it because. Lava lamps are really great, but you can't leave them on all the time. Mm, mm-hmm. So we have it set to come on and off at two different times of the day. Uh, and so, yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes to the thing that I got on Amazon. I really like it. Um, it does do that thing that a lot of smart stuff does where it makes a horrible clicking noise when you yeah. turn it on and off. Uh, there's not a lot you can do to get around that. That's relays. I hate that. It's the relays fl- firing on and off. Yep. But still... <laughs> I kind of don't care what the reason is. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't like, I don't like technology making noise that I'm not expecting. The same as like coil wine. 
And like, mm -hmm. um, you know, sometimes you have something plugged in and it makes a sound because it's plugged in. Yep. You know yep, what I'm yep, talking yep, about? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I don't like any of that. Like, not, I'm, I really wished that that, oh, here we go. Matt just put a link in the chat to a technology connections video. I haven't seen this one about why things click. I'm going to put this on my watch later queue. The thumbnail does not indicate that we're talking about this, that, that the video is talking about the same thing I'm talking about, but I haven't watched it yet. So, so I might be wrong, but yeah, basically what a relay does, my limited understanding is what a relay does is it, it lets you it control connects podcasters together to create an environment that, that in which it they does can switch on. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but what, what a relay in this context does is that it lets a small amount of electricity control a outlet or plug or what have you that has a considerable amount of electricity going through it. Right. So in order to control the thing that has, what do you guys have, like 220 volts or something like that um, yep. running through the outlets? In order to control that, you you probably don't want to have to have 220 volts on the control side. You just want it, you just want like, you know, five volts or whatever the, the, the chip that's controlling it needs. So the relay is this thing that kind of bridges the two, right? So the five volts turns on and then the relay says, oh, okay, it's time for me to switch on. <laughs> and and then you hear that click. But I totally, I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I completely agree with what you're saying, but I, I just don't think there's really a lot you can do around that. Um, but nevertheless, I don't know. It, it, you know, it's it's really it would be nicer if rather than a click these things made like this really nice like ping sound wouldn't that make it so much better oh i see what you're doing mm -hmm. i was just gonna say no i don't want it to make any noise <laughs> oh I, I well i mean no noise would be better but if you had to choose a noise some sort of ping would be would be pretty decent i think a ping in your domain right yes that would be excellent mike perfect we could call it a pingdom mm-hmm mm-hmm this episode is brought to you by Pingdom. Do you have a website? Does your website have a shopping cart, registration forms, or a contact us page? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need Pingdom, and let me tell you why. Because nobody wants their important website activities to be broken. This means a bad experience for your users. It can mean lost business for you. And one of the problems is, most of the time, you don't know when it's happened. You either find out by accident or someone contacts you and tells you something's broken. You don't want this. This is why you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom, and this is why it's important. Transaction monitoring alerts you when cart checkouts, forms, and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. Because it isn't always about, is my website up or is my website down? Pingdom will tell you that. But there's also these individual things that are important and can fail independently. Pingdom lets you know the moment that any of these do fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the severity of the outage. And so the right person can fix the problem fast. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. If disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. So easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use the code analog at checkout to get a huge 30% of your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. Michael, I have excellent news. Mm-hmm. I am sure this time that the next season of Drive to Survive is for realsies coming back mm -hmm. March 19. Happy birthday to me. Was this edited out of the last episode? I think it was. Shoot, was it? Oh no. Then this joke then this joke falls flat. This is so good because I want I, and I can't remember if it was one of those things where I in the show forced it to stay in because it was funny <laughs> to me, which was uh, Casey got the Casey had like a whole topic about Drive to Survive coming back based on kind of nothing and just picked a day out of nowhere. And then it ended up being last year's premiere date. But Drive to Survive, the 
Netflix documentary series, which is about Formula One, which is the reason that we're both back into Formula One in a big way. And it's the reason a lot of people are getting into Formula One now, I've noticed. It comes back on March 19th. Very excited because it's, you know, tw- the 2020 season was so wild mm-hmm. um, that this is, you know, going to be, you know, they, they did a trailer and of course all of the big points of the year in the trailer. Oh, I didn't see the trailer yet. Shoot. I need to watch that. Yeah, it's not, you know, I, you've seen, you've already seen all well, the footage. Still. Right? <laughs> um, so I'm really excited for it. Uh, and then it's, I think it, that is the week before the Grand Prix season begins again. I believe that's um, right. Yeah. With the Bahrain Grand Prix. <laughs> I asked, uh, I asked uh, the Amazon tube when the next F1 race was, and I forget the exact verbatim answer, but it was something along the lines of the next Formula One race will is the Bahrain Grand Prix that takes place at the race course in Bahrain. I forget the name of it in such and such Bahrain on March 28th or whatever the case may be. It was like you Bahrain, 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 Bahrain. Bahrain. Uh, uh, I'm really excited for the season to come back. Me too. Um, it's fun now because you know all the cars are being unveiled for the year. Um, there's a lot of drama again going into the season, which is fun. Wait, is there? I don't really keep up. So what, what's been going on? What's the short, short version? Uh, it's not worth getting into. Honestly, I mean, I know it's not, I'm not being. Um, you know, it's just like the, it's nothing wild. It's just okay. like little bits and bobs, right? Like okay. you know, like the Mercedes, Mercedes as today, Mercedes showed off their car, and like parts of it are in shadow, and there's conversation about like. What are they hiding from everybody else right mm-hmm, now? Mm-hmm. You know, like, and Haas seem to be torpedoing themselves this year so they can be in a better place next year. You know, it's all little bits and bobs like that, right? Like, do these drivers really like each other? All that kind of stuff. Um, and we're gonna, we're actually gonna rewatch season one and two of Drive to Survive over the next couple of weeks because when we watched season one and two, we'd never actually seen a race together. Uh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So we want to go back and watch it now based on, um, the like the the knowledge that we now have of all these individuals and how stuff works so i'm really excited uh about about drive to survive and also really excited that uh, racing's coming back yep yep me too i you know i've been thinking about this a lot i think i'll be able to uh rope aaron into watching drive to survive with me because she paid more and more attention with each race you know over the last year but my recollection, particularly of Gunter, of the last couple of seasons was that it is not the sort of television program I should show my six-year-old son. And that kind of bums me out because he's been really into F1 as much as a six-year-old can be. Um, and in that sense, mm. I'd love to be able to share this with him. But when Gunter uses the F word as a comma, not unlike myself, uh, that makes it a little challenging. So we'll have to, maybe I'll watch him and show him parts or, you know, show him an episode if it's pretty clean. But nevertheless, I'm super excited for it to come back. You know, I've been needling Mike, and you brought this up on uh, Upgrade, I think. Um, I've been needling Mike saying we should try out Clubhouse, the two of us. And I'm not making promises or even implying anything. But one of the things that we had kicked around the idea of was, you know, we want to listen to two idiots talk about F1. Maybe we can talk about F1. And I don't know if that means Drive to Survive. I don't know if that means a race recap. Uh, I don't know. So if you have good ideas for Mike and I to do on Clubhouse, just to try it out, then, uh, I don't know, send me a tweet or send send us an email or something like that, preferably yeah. a tweet. But um it's something that we're exploring. I'd like to at least try it because I've participated idly in a couple of clubhouse houses, rooms, I don't know, conversations. And, uh, and I think it'd be neat to host one, but as Mike has said to me many times and he's right for saying so, you know, I, I think we need a reasonable shtick more than just, Hey man, how's it going? <laughs> yeah. So. Like, this is my, my issue. I'm, I'm saying what I said on upgrade. Like 
I bring my topics to the shows that I do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Is I don't know if it's if it's you know, you know like I just don't have what to take to Clubhouse. Yep. Yep. I'll just do it on any of the seven shows I'm a part of. <laughs> Humble brag, but no, I'm with you. You know. No, it's so uh, true. So, so and I checked in the stuff. I, I'm not sold on it myself. I'm I'm really not. I'm not sold either. And we talked about this on last week's ATP, I believe, uh, which now will be two weeks ago is by the time you hear this, but um, I'm not sold on it. But something I've been really concerned with lately is whether or not I'm really and truly becoming an old man and and refusing to roll with the times and something. And we're no, going to talk about this later. Feeling. We're going to talk about this later, uh, you and me and Mike, but I, I'm, I'm worried I'm not rolling with the times and I'm being too much of a fuddy-duddy and too set in my ways. And Something that I very much admire about what I've seen of Mike over the last year is that you do not seem to be like that, which is not surprising, but you don't seem to be getting set in your ways. And I'm, and I think my, my kind of forced desire to try to maybe not embrace Clubhouse, but at least understand it better is partially because like I let TikTok pass me by. Um, there's many other things I can't think of off of discord. I barely participate in outside of when I'm recording, you know, there's so many things, Twitch, which we're going to talk about. There's so many things that I, that I've let pass me by and I feel like I'm becoming an old man and I don't mean that in a good way. And so I'm trying not to let myself just be like, yeah, that's for the kids. Who cares? You know? And, and, and not, that's not what I'm trying to say that you're saying. And I think you can get away with it better because. No, cause like I sign up for these services and I go and take a look at them and I evaluate them. And I can see what they're beneficial for in some instances, but I don't feel like I have to be on them all. Yeah. And I think that's, right? that's like, fair. I went to TikTok and I was like, okay, this is fun. I don't want to have another social network to add time onto. Cause with the, with the, what was the kind of the mix up of my networks, I can't imagine that I would be taking time away from anything. So I'm going to add another one in. And I didn't want to do that. And you know, so I didn't do that. Mm. And with Clubhouse, it's like maybe once a day or whatever, I just go in, I poke around, I see what's there. And of the, all the times that I've been there, I've only seen one thing that I was mildly interested in. Uh, and honestly, okay, for me, it was just a very bad podcast is what it was. Now, I know this isn't true of all Clubhouses, but I think for my tastes, more often than not, that's how it's going to sound to yeah, me. yeah. Bad audio quality, nobody's prepared, everyone's talking over each other. And like these are things that I have been conditioned over the last 10 years to not like. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I think that I am in a particularly bad spot for Clubhouse as a as a medium. Mm-hmm. I understand its usefulness. I understand I totally get why people like it. Like I am not. You know, so I recommend people check it out if they can, but it's just, I just don't think that it's something for me, or at least I have yet to find that. And one of the things that I believe in the world, uh, a lot of people don't seem to believe this anymore, that you are able to change your mind on something. And that is part of life. That Mm -hmm. is part of learning. That is part of different experiences. Like I remember not understanding Instagram stories. And it just like was a thing that was like, I don't know why people do this. And then I got it all of a sudden, you know, and then started using it more often than not. Like I was surprised the other day because I was just thinking about this stuff. And I went to look at like the first Instagram stories that I posted. Mm-hmm. 
because to me, it's like all the Instagram stories has been around for me forever. My first Instagram stories, like within like the first couple of weeks or whatever that I used it, was when we went to Austin. Really? Huh. And it feels like I would have been using it for way longer than that, than yeah. like 2017. But no, that was when I started using, like huh. posting things myself, of like me in my life on Instagram story. So you went so, into like your profile and then your archive? In my archive, right? yeah. And I just went straight to the top. And no. you could see like it was like 2017 is when I started using it with any actual yeah. frequency yeah december 2017 and for me now for me. it's like i'm a little bummed out that i i don't really feel like i have stuff to put on instagram stories because i'm just <laughs> at home mm-hmm. like for me instagram stories for my own usage was like sharing things that i would see in the world like that was just what i liked to share yep, yep, yep. um and again not so much sharing what i'm thinking or thought processes because i have other places to share those things uh, and so I like to what I like to share on Instagram stories, especially over the last years, is to, I like to take photos. I like to edit those photos and put them on Instagram stories. And I just haven't really been able to do that. It's one of the things that I greatly look forward to over the next few months, hopefully, is being able to do some more of that again. Which, why don't we get stop talking about Clubhouse? Because yeah, I was going to say, that's I just can't a perfect segue. Yep. And talk about the pandemic. Uh, I'm still in lockdown. There is a potential path out of lockdown now. It's like been set out by the government. They set these like milestone dates. We'll see. I mean, we'll see if they hit them. Um, I have, you know, I hope that they're going to say, do what they're saying, which is like keep looking at the data and make their decisions based on that. At the moment, kind of for us in the UK, um, the lockdown that we're in and have been in for all of the year, basically, uh, it seems to have worked in the, or it's working in the sense that like our case numbers are now down to where they were in like September, October, yeah, which yeah. is good. I mean, because I don't know we were like at like 50,000 cases a day or whatever. And now we're back down to 10 or 15,000, which is still a horrifically high number, but is so much better than where it was going. Sure, otherwise, sure, you know, sure. it was that it was going to get just, you know, as bad as things could be. Uh, and I've, I mean, this isn't news to anyone, of course, but like our vaccinations here in the UK is going really, really well so far. Um, it seemed like just the right um, hand of cards were played by our government to, you know what I mean? Like it was just, a, they just chose enough, they made enough decisions that put us in a good place to be set for the, the vaccine rollout. Mm. And at the moment, they're saying every adult in the UK will be offered a vaccine by the end of July. Oh, I'm and so jealous. I expect I will probably maybe in like April or May get my first, like we'll be able to get my first vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. My mom gets hers on tomorrow. Oh, excellent. Um, my dad has had his first jab too. So, you know, that one less thing to worry about my mom, right? Like I'm just like, she just get, then I just, this was, yeah, I just can't wait until she gets her second. I mean, even the first, it's like a big wait. But especially when she gets the sack, I was like, I don't have to worry about my mom anymore. Yep, and like, yep, just yep. the thought of that brings me so much relief of like, it's just, just one less thing to have to think about mm-hmm. is her. Yep. Right. So I'm, I'm looking forward to um, feeling more free. Yep. Absolutely. You know, that like in the spring, I will be comfortable, like confident, like maybe. Honestly, maybe by the end of next month, if things go well, I'll be able to feel like I can be in the world again. Yeah. 
and just like I kind of can't believe that it's only been a year then like just over a year <laughs> if that's the case I mean I because, hear you but still no because in like September of last year maybe August of last year it's like this feels like a never ending yep 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 thing right it's like how much of my life has to change uh, whatever and like the thought of it being something that i will start to be able to feel confident in being back in public again just feels like such a wonderful thing mm-hmm. like i'm not really sure when i'm going to be going to the studio again i don't know if it will be before or after we get our first shots it might be before it depends on how things go over the next couple of months you know like things are opening up a little bit but honestly by the time things as i say by the time things open up again i think the date that's penned in right now for retail is the middle of april um and so, like you know, that the kind of when I say it, it's like the retail reopening is kind of like, all right, we're we're feeling better if that's going to happen, right? Because it's kind of like non-essential retail can can kind of bring things to a grinding halt again. Yep. Um, but that might be maybe that's like around the time that I would want to go back to the studio. But that also might be the time that I'll have my first jab. So. We'll see how things go, but I mean, now that I'm t- actually talking about it out loud with dates, six weeks, eight weeks, I mean, pff, that's I a blink of an eye by comparison. That feels fantastic, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just, I can't, you know, I just, oh my God, that's that feels very good. That feels very good. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's funny, uh, for the longest time, I lived and breathed what the COVID situation was both locally as in the Richmond area locally as in Virginia and nationally. Um, but once it became clear that a vaccine was for realsies coming, I kind of stopped paying as much attention also because I realized it was just stressing me out nonstop. Um, and I haven't paid an overabundance of attention to the vaccine rollout not because I'm not overjoyed and extremely excited to get it, but I feel like as someone who is reasonably healthy, young-ish, and doesn't ever really have to leave the house, I figure I'm going to be last in line for this thing. And that's fine. I mean, that's reasonable. Um, Now, you know, the chat is saying that in theory, we're on a somewhat similar trajectory as the UK, but I'll believe it when I see it. That being said, uh, anecdotally, so completely anecdotally, like many of our... A social circle, those who should be getting a shot, many of them have gotten at least one, if not two. So my future sister-in-law, she's a teacher. She's gotten both. Um, my parents have each gotten their first and then they're getting, I think my dad is getting his second. We might've already talked about this, but my dad is getting his second, I believe either the day or the day before the one year anniversary of the Casey List family lockdown. Well, not lockdown. That, 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 that means more to you than it does to me. The Casey List family quarantine. Um, so it was on March 13th that we really started saying, okay, we got to stop seeing people. And my dad's second jab will be on the 12th. So it's kind of like this bittersweet thing that like, oh my God, a year of my life has been lost to this, which for me, at darn near 39 years old, my birthday is this month. You know, for darn near 39 years old, a year of my life isn't that big a deal anymore. Hashtag old man. But I mean, look at Declan at six years old or Michaela, for God's sakes, at three years old. Like a full third of her life has been this. Yeah, but they're not going to remember it all. So, yeah, I sure. Well, he 
team, Mike. Well, they're not going to. How much of do you remember being a three-year-old? A three-year-old, almost none. A six-year-old, yeah. a teeny bit. He's a not going to remember it. I hope you're He's right. I really do. It. But nevertheless. I think it'd be one of those things where you'll say it to him and he'll be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, I, you know, <laughs> I totally I'm basi- uh, you know, like I'm basically aware of that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, situation. I, I hear you. But, but I mean, all I'm saying is that anecdotally, um, like my grandparents, uh, they've got each gotten their first, um, a bunch of like nurses and, and people that we know they've gotten one or both. Yeah. So things are definitely making progress. And then just this week, I believe, uh, America approved the Johnson and Johnson one shot vaccine, which mm. has a fair bit lower efficacy than the, uh, Moderna and Pfizer ones, but is for a million and seven reasons, I guess, much easier to store, to transport. It's only one shot instead of two, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, in a perfect world... Seems particularly um, helpful for a country like America, Mm -hmm. where there would be much greater logistical challenges, I expect, than the United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, completely. Because due to the land mass and stuff like that. Well, that and we have, you know, 50 different states all taking their own cut at this because, God forbid, we tried to do it as one nation and and so on and so forth. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, in a perfect world, I'd much rather have the two jab version that gives me, you know, 95% efficacy or whatever, but you know what, if one, if my slot comes up and I'm getting the Johnson Johnson, sign me up because anything, anything is better. Yeah. I mean, cause you'll have boost. We're, we're going to have booster jabs anyway. It's like, we'll be taking like COVID jabs. Like we take flu jabs. Probably. Yeah. I mean, of course we will. Why yep. wouldn't we? Like this know. is just going to be a thing that we will do because it's not going away. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, right? So we get immunized, but one, not everyone's going to be immunized, and two, even getting it, there's still a percentage that people will get it, right? It's yep, like yep, the yep. flu. Yep. So we'll probably be doing like booster shots for a long period of time, maybe, yeah, maybe forever. The rest of our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But all in all, I, I I do feel extremely hopeful and. It's the numbers in Virginia are coming down to like pre-holiday levels, um, just like you were saying about the UK. Um, I think the numbers nationally, I believe, are the same. I don't keep close track of it, like I said. But I'm feeling like between the break in the weather, between the vaccine rolling out and rolling out ever faster and stronger, between the Johnson Johnson being approved now, in so many ways, I feel like we are on the downward slope into a a return to something that vaguely resembles the normal that we knew. You know, of course it won't be exactly the same. Of course I'll probably be in a mask anyone anytime I'm outside my home for many, many months, if not into 2022 would be my expectation. But I don't have to be extraordinarily fearful that I'm going to kill somebody else by accident or somebody else is going to accidentally kill me, you know, and, and mm-hmm. that that in and of itself, like I mean I, I want to go to a concert tomorrow in a you know in a perfect world where everyone's vaccinated, so on and so forth. But you know what? Even if I can't go to a concert tomorrow, at least, at least I can soon go out and experience things that I haven't been able to experience, like the inside. You know, like I just, I don't go indoors barely anywhere ever except my house. And being able to go indoors to a, even to like to pick up food inside a restaurant, which I have done, but very rarely, just to be able to walk inside a restaurant and not be fearful would be a neat change of yeah. pace for me. So. Um, I'm really feeling good about all that. Um, very briefly, though, I had a really odd realization just this past week. Um, over the span of 24 hours, we had to meet with an electrician with regard to our, our porch build. We uh, had a visit uh, from outdoors from our um, sister and or my sister-in-law and, and my mother-in-law. Um, we had to speak with a neighbor who also is uh, works at a home improvement store because we're looking to get a fence done because dog. 
Uh, and we did all this in the span of about 24 hours. And, you know, it was, it's not that it wasn't safe. Everything was done safely, you know, the, with distance and so on and so forth. But I did all, I, I had met with three different like groups of people in the span of 24 hours. And my uh, future sister-in-law that I mentioned earlier, who has gotten her second shot and, and my brother-in-law, um, they had asked us that night, hey, you know, we're going to play some games online with uh, a few other people, which we've done with them several times. And it's great. And I looked at Aaron and I was like, I don't think I can do it, man. I'm freaking wiped. And I am never that person. I'm always Everyone's the like introvert. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Everyone is introverted now. I, I'm usually the king of FOMO. Like, I don't care if I'm, I'm about to pass out. I'm so tired. I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. And this time I was like, mm, no, thanks. I'm just wiped. It was just too much, too much social activity in too little time. And it messed me up. And that is never that I'm not saying that's a bad feeling or an unreasonable feeling, but it's a feeling that I personally have not had like ever. And it was a very, very, very weird realization that I am also, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I was an introvert or an extrovert, but I, I never thought of myself as an introvert. I can tell you that much. You are not uh, introvert. Yeah, exactly. And so it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of calculation to work that one out. Yeah, it, it's exactly right. And so for me to be like, yeah, no, I'm good. Thank you. was really, really striking and really, really surprising. It's not a bad thing, but it's a very surprising thing. I don't know. You know what's surprising though? How no, no, you didn't how need to quick... do it. You can just let me start. No, you but know? you, you know it's just... it's surprising to me how quick you okay. can set up a truly beautiful website if you know where to go to do it. Did you know that? It doesn't take long. I did know that. It doesn't take long. And that's why I want to talk to you about Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace. They will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project, give you all of the tools that you need to be able you can register a unique domain name to give it that name that you want. You can customize beautiful award-winning templates so it looks exactly as you please and so much more. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that will let you put whatever you want online. There's nothing to install or patch or upgrade. They take care of all of that stuff so you don't have to, and they have award-winning 24-7 customer support. So if you need any help, Squarespace has people on hand to help you do it. I have been building Squarespace websites for over a decade at this point, and I have built them for just about everything. Uh, for businesses, online stores, I've done that. You could do that with Squarespace. Uh, maybe you want to create just like a simple one page where you can say like, hey, this is me. Come follow me on these places. Uh, events, like we we did our wedding website on Squarespace. They have all these great templates and all this great functionality to let you build exactly what you want. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can sign up for a trial today with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash analog. And if you use the offer code analog at checkout, you'll get 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash analog and the code analog for 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. So a week or two ago, um, you were doing one of your weekly like keyboard Friday keyboard clubs, Friday keyboard club. And mm -hmm. generally when you do this, it just so happens that it's not a convenient time for me, which is totally fine. You don't have to schedule your life around me, et cetera. But, um, but at this particular Friday, it just so happened that I was sitting doing work and, and I wasn't like neck deep, deep in anything. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to pop on and see how, let's see what this is all about because in and of itself, like I can appreciate why one would find this whole keyboard hobby interesting and, and, and fascinating and, and exciting. 
it, nothing has really grabbed me about it yet. And I kind of like that because I don't want to go broke buying all the things, which I know I would if I got interested in it. And so I thought, well, let me just see what this whole keyboard club thing is with Mike. And so I popped on Twitch, which is like, I think other than the podcast-a-thon, I don't know that I've ever used Twitch before other than this one time. And, mm-hmm. and I popped on and oh my gosh, it was like the nicest, most welcoming group of people in the entire world. It was amazing. And yeah, I, okay. All right. We need to just, oh, you know, that, have a quick good? conversation about okay. that. All communities are what you make them. Uh-huh. And there is every type of person and community on Twitch. I am blessed with a wonderful group of people mm-hmm. that watch my streams. And I watch streams of many keyboard creators and the type of person and type of conversation in the chat varies wildly from person to person. Again, informed by the type of character that they are, Mm -hmm. right? So, you know, the more attitude you have, the more attitude you'll see. Like Mm -hmm. the more Mm -hmm. weird jokes you make, the more weird jokes you see. And the more kind of, I just want this to be a calm, relaxing place where we can be nice to each other, the more of that you'll see. And I have creators that I follow that are all across that spectrum. And it is reflected in the people that are watching and the things that are being said. And that makes sense. So I just wanted to say, like, I just want, because of your limited view (laughs) of Twitch. Sure, sure, sure. You know, it's it's like how you can't suggest that Twitter is one type of person. Totally, totally. Right? It, it is a microcosm of the world in general. And, and I think it's just really worth remembering that. There's a lot of very bad stuff that happens on Twitch and a lot of very bad people. And I'm glad you you called that out. I, I was trying to say that your particular little niche was the good mm-hmm. part, but I, I'm yep. still glad you called that out because I'm sure you're exactly right. Yeah, because again, people, people might might not know, um, you know, it's just my, like be, being the same kind of boat as you. But that's you know the the environment that I'm trying to create is like there's like lo-fi hip hop playing in the background, and or lo-fi beats playing in the background, and I'm talking to people, I'm showing them stuff, and there's like you know I'm streaming for a couple of hours, and there can be long stretches of minutes where I'm not saying anything, like I'm just doing a thing, you know. So it's very much it's a very different type of content. It's a slow content, um, and it's background content. Right. I mean, this is why I think Twitch works so well for a lot of people. You know, you put it on in the background, it's on the wind, it's on in a window, it's on maybe on your phone and you're doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the Twitch app supports picture in picture. Oh, nice. It's like, of course it should. Yeah. Because I do this all the time. I'm on my iPhone watching the Twitch stream and I just have it on like in the tiny little window in the corner and I'm doing other stuff. Right. Because right, right. it's the perfect kind of content for that. It's slow content. And again, not all Twitch content is like that. Gaming stuff is more engaged if you're watching someone stream a game. But the type of like maker stuff or like the what is known as like just chatting in the Twitch community um, or just talking, they are more background than Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. types of content. And again, different to the type of content that I make dead air in podcasting is as bad as dead air in radio, right? Um, sure. We can't just sit here silent for 10 seconds because one of us is thinking about something. Um, and that's, but that's not at all what Twitch is like. So it's nice and it benefits from interaction. 
and I've been very pleased so far and, and I'm feeling quite lucky with the fact that I have very good numbers that people that come and watch you know it's usually like around 100 people for each stream which for twitch is really good you know it's put me in their um affiliate platform they have like affiliate and partner and affiliate is when you can start having subscriptions and stuff which we're going to talk about in a minute because you were very you the reason we're talking this is because you sent me a text afterwards because you didn't understand half of the words i was saying <laughs> right but, so I've been really happy with that. Like the, the the live viewers that I have, I have lots of people as well that watch the video on demand. So just go and watch the streams afterwards. Um, you know, and, and with where I am right now, so I've been doing this for like six or seven months, I think. Um, kind of like once a week. If I was like to double down on this, I could do some interesting stuff. Like if I was able to double the viewers that I get for my streams, I would then be kind of in the level of the like a lot of the higher level, like the next level up of uh, keyboard creators that I watch. Mm-hmm. Like I'm kind of like half of that level. And also as well, if I was to stream like a couple of times a week, I could make it into Twitch's partner program, which is like a whole other thing. Um, where you know you're you're like blessed by Twitch at that point, right? Like you have more monetization <laughs> options available to you. You have access to people that work there; they can help you out, all that kind of stuff. I mean, and that is a well, okay. Well, I would qualify to be approved into the program. So, like the affiliate program is pretty much automated. You hit these particular numbers, somebody does a quick check on you, and you're in. And that's when you can start making money. And then the partner program is another one. You got to hit these numbers, and once you hit these numbers someone will review you. I see. Okay. And make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, and it's, and you, even if you hit them and stay consistent, doesn't mean that you're going to get into the partner program. But, you know, for me, it's like, uh, it would require me streaming like two or three times a week. And I just don't have that time, right? In my life right now. And neither do I feel the requirement to double down on it. I enjoy it as a way to, expand this new hobby that i have which is mechanical keyboards and to share it with people that are either interested or already in it or just want some other type of content like on a friday to watch or whatever so i've been very pleased with the way that it's gone so far yeah no i from an, an outsider's point of view it seems like it's it's grown steadily it's grown deliberately and you've handled it pretty much perfectly. I mean, again, I haven't been watching these streams, but just seeing the chatter from you and from others about them, it seems Mm. like you started out and you were kind of a little ham-fisted and didn't really know what you were doing because, hey, well, guess what? You were just starting out. And now, I mean, when I saw it a week or two ago, it was, it looked to me like you were a professional twitcher. (laughs) Yeah, I've been working on it, right? Like, and I've been, and and I have a few more steps that I want to take visually, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I'm going to do them while I'm here. Because I had to bring all my gear home, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And the environment at home is not as good, you know, for lighting. And I want to work on that. And I'm using a couple of webcams right now. And I want to get an actual mirrorless camera to Mm. put over Mm -hmm. the table because it will look much nicer. So there's things, steps that I still want to take. Like I just built a new PC um, to handle this because I was using a laptop and the laptop was really failing on me sometimes. Uh, we were kind of, the, the name, uh, the PowerPoint presentation was given to my stream a lot because we were dropping frames like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and now I have like a super powerful 
PC for streaming and it's great. And I can now I now I am much more free to do all of the things that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. like just from like a content perspective. But the other thing for me right now, where I am in the hobby, like the, like having this hobby of, of uh, keyboard stuff, I don't have um, enough content ideas to stream more than once a week. Right, like yeah. you know, like the way that a lot of the streamers will work is. They're building stuff for themselves, or they are building stuff that companies send to them, or the the one of the big things that a lot of the builders do is they 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 have a build service. So you as a viewer can pay them to build your keyboard on stream. Uh, yeah, I'd heard you talk about this somewhere. I don't remember where. Yeah. That's very interesting. So either I mean, most of them, I think, in most instances, you also provide the parts. But I think that some people do it where you um, you also they can help source, but that that that's like the really only like the very top tier people do the sourcing because they have relationships with yeah, the vendors yeah, yeah. and stuff. So it's interesting, and also there's been I've had this weird thing where this is kind of humble braggy. So you, I'm just gonna I want to talk about it, so I'm just gonna have to do it. I've made connections really fast with the people that I watch mm. because. Mm-hmm. My audience that I have in other worlds is larger just based on the medium. So I appear in these venues and some people know who I am in the chat and stuff. Or if I like follow them on Twitter or something, they're like, who is this guy? (laughs) So like, and I know that I have experienced this as well. People from larger avenues find my shows and I'm like, who is this person? So like in the last few months, like all of the streamers that I enjoy, they know who I am, which is mm. not normal, right? Yeah, like yeah, this yeah. is not normal. And and it's because it's there's just a, a misbalance. Like if I follow a bunch of people from a TV show that I like, they don't care. Yeah. But just because I've come from another world. And I also think it's funny, like I don't know you know, like I know how I feel when like uh, people with larger audiences want to get into podcasting, and I'm like, "Ah, get out of here!" Ah, <laughs> uh, Twitch keyboard creators annoyed at the podcasters getting into right. their <laughs> sure business. Totally. I don't know, but it's been pretty cool because now, like the people whose stuff that I really like, like we have not like we don't chat a lot at really at all. But if I say something in their chat or whatever, or they see my subscription thing pop up, they're like, oh, Mike, how you doing? And it's just nice, right? It's, it's just it's just like a very nice feeling because I didn't expect this, you know? Like, And so I'd already built like an affinity as a audience member, as a fan for these people. And then all of a sudden, like there's one thing that happened to me. I was streaming once and there's a guy whose work i love his name is alex oto so i've mentioned him on the show before when i did some recommendations i'm just streaming and he just appears in my chat (laughs) and like my brain nearly exploded now one of the good things about about twitch is you can clip streams and so i will include in the show notes a clip of that stream where you can watch me in real time work out what is going on and trying to deal with it. 
<laughs> this clip is absolutely delightful and it is worth watching. If you don't care about keyboards at all, it's still worth watching because it is seriously delightful. And it's, it's such a pure moment and it's, as a creator, it's so validating and so wonderful to even for a moment, have the attention of someone that you respect and yeah, 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 yeah. And to have that happen live brings it to a whole new level. Like it's eerie enough when somebody comments on a show that I've done or something like that, like somebody I respect and care about. Um, and that's trippy, but that doesn't happen as I'm recording that happens, you know, a day or two later after the published episode comes out. I can't fathom what it would be like to be in the chat room, you know, and all of a sudden see like my idol and maybe that's a bit aggressive, but you know what I'm saying? Like see my idol just show up. Someone who I really look up to. Yeah, exactly. And uh, how, how, how do you, how do you react to that without being like, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> anyway, this clip is delightful and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that you caught it. Yeah. Uh, it is that exact thing of this stuff doesn't normally happen to you in a way in which you could record it for posterity's sake. Yeah. 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 Right. And like, there have been other people who, again, like I really enjoy their, their work on Twitch and they followed me on Twitter or whatever. So like, I've gotten an idea of them before something like this would occur. Mm -hmm. so it was fun. Now uh, we need to talk about terminology. because This is the thing that you were confused about. So yeah, there's so, a few words. Yeah. Well, before, so let, let me say what happened. So I pop in this, this stream and, and I didn't know if anyone would have a clue who I was. I figured maybe a couple people would, but I didn't have any idea. And so I just kind of am lurking and I think I might've said hi or something like that. And, I think if I remember correctly, you had recognized me verbally or something like that, but otherwise didn't make a big deal of it, which is completely what I expected. That's perfectly fine. But all of a sudden, like, and it wasn't just me, there was like one individual that was showering, like, I don't know if it was, it wasn't subscriptions or it was, they were, it seemed like they were gifting something to like mm -hmm. 10 different people, which mm -hmm. I didn't know anything that was going on, but the way you reacted and the way everyone else reacted, it seemed like they were probably spending some modicum of actual money to do a nice thing for like five or 10 other people, which seemed really cool. I saw like a little bloop happen on the video a bunch of times when I think it said like mm -hmm. plus sub or something like that. And I know you're going to explain all this in a second, but like, it seemed like, I guess people were subscribing to your stream or something like that. And it's all integrated with the video itself such that um, such that people would know that other people are subscribing. Um, and there was all sorts of other activity happening. I don't even remember. I should have written it down in retrospect. I don't remember what the, the terminology no, I was. I know what it was. And, I know what and, it was. And it seemed good. Like nothing about it seemed bad. In fact, it seemed somewhat remarkable, particularly that one individual that was like gifting or whatever for five, 10 different, different people. But yeah. I was so confused and clueless and I felt terrible because I was one of the people who got one of these gifts and I didn't know what it meant. And so I was just like, oh, thanks. That's so great. But I don't know what it means. And so I was hoping that you could give me like the nickel tour of what mm -hmm. all this means on Twitch. So because I'd, I'd like to show up another time, not because I want gifts showered upon me, but just because it was a very lovely, very calm, very slow. It was very slow content and, I, and it was really enjoyable. And so I want to be better equipped for next time. So I know what the crap is going on, if you please. So the main things to think about are follow subs, gifted subs, bits, cheers, donations, and channel points. All of this stuff, bar one, no, bar two, are the various ways in which Twitch has grown its monetization options over time. Okay. So like Twitch started out as one thing and then became another thing and then became a greater thing. And the greater <laughs> thing is when Amazon bought them. I don't know if you know this, but Twitch is owned by Amazon. Yeah. Um, there's also one in there, which is Prime Sub, 
which I've forgotten about. I'll explain that too. Uh, so these are all the various ways in which Twitch creators who are mostly mostly in the affiliate program, you can take advantage of this stuff. So follows, easy. You follow the channel, right? Mm-hmm. No money involved, nothing. You just okay. follow the channel. And you can also turn on notifications for people when they go live, right? So this is very similar to like smashing that bell on YouTube? Yeah, so you've got okay. the follow, and then you've also got, it's like a little heart, it's like a notification thing that you want, you, and, and that's important, right? Because you want to notify people when you're going live. Yep, yep, yep. Subs, subscriptions, this is where money is in, right? Okay. And you have tiers, so you've got like tier one, tier two, tier three, they're worth more money, right? Tier one subscription is like it's like four ninety nine a month to you as the person, or like yeah, four ninety nine for this time. Again, it's also awkward because depending on where you sign up, you can either have it auto renew or not. On iOS, it's not auto renewing. You have to buy like these bag of coins, and then you give the tokens, the coins to people. And this is like Twitch do this to try and get around some rules that Apple have. <laughs> so right? is this? So let me interrupt you real quick. So subscribing is that? vaguely similar to Patreon or not at all similar? It can be, is what I'm saying. Okay. Again, because it depends, like, because subscribing can either be a monthly renewing thing, Mm -hmm, which I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure you can only do on the web, or you subscribe to people whenever you watch them. And I tend to do the one on iOS just because it's where I tend to watch most. So I'll buy, like, five sub tokens, which is, like, 25 bucks or whatever, and then over the course of a period of time, I'll just be like, oh, okay, I want to sub to Tehar again. I'll give him a token, right? And and the app is pretty good when you're watching it being like, hey, your subscription to this creator is about to run out. Do you want to give them another token, right? Okay. And, and so by giving, a, by giving a token, you are, you're not only subscribing to their content, like which I guess kind of implies a follow of some regard, but it also is literally can, giving them money. Follows and subs are different. You could subscribe to people without following them. Oh, interesting. You, okay. I mean, I don't know why you do that, but it's possible. Um, but subscribing is where the monetary part goes in. Gotcha. And also being a sub to a channel can be like Patreon because it can give you benefits. So mm-hmm. like you can get access to discords and stuff like that or like gotcha. special okay. rooms in discord. So you can connect things to your Twitch account to allow forth stuff. And also you don't see any ads when you watch that person's content. Gotcha. Okay. Because Twitch put ads in. They put them in when you start, and they also put them in sometimes, like, uh, you know, randomly after a period of time. And also, me as a creator, I can run an ad break. So, like, I can force the ad break to happen at a certain point. So, say, like, somebody needs to step away for a moment, just run an ad break, right? Like, you have the ability to do that. So but if, if somebody subscribed, there won't be an ad break for them. The content will just continue. So, they'll look at it like an empty desk or whatever the case may be. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, there are various ways to do the subscription thing. And, you know, you as a creator make a varying amount of money. Like, after all fees with me as an affiliate, it's split 50 50 with Twitch. Right. So if I were to give you a $5 sub, is that even I get about $1.50 from that. $1.60. Okay. Was that even appropriate right vernacular? Like, was is that, how would you phrase that? Well, you that? would just, it would just be a tier one sub or whatever. Okay. okay. And, and like, so like tier one's five bucks, tier two is 10, tier three is 15 or something like that. And on your and, channel, are there different like perks for each of them or is it all the same? It's just I a matter of that, money? No. Okay. There's, okay. There's a lot of things that I could spend more time on. And like, this is what I was talking earlier about, like really getting things set up right. But just for where I am right now, it doesn't seem... Uh, you know, it's just it's that's lower priority for me mm-hmm, of like mm-hmm. having offerings for different tier subscriptions. Gotcha. I might not. 
you know? Okay. Um, it's because like, I also don't particularly like feel like I really need to convince people to give me any or more money. Sure. Right. Um, but you know, like the the keyboard stuff is expensive, and being able to make enough money to maybe buy myself a keycap set every month or whatever is pretty nice. Yep. Um, then you have gifted subs. This is where somebody can buy a subscription for somebody else on their behalf. Okay, and is this what so, the person was like sprinkling down when I was there? Yes, gotcha. So somebody bought like ten gifted subs, so they dropped like fifty bucks. Oh wow! Right? This happens every now and then, and it's awesome, and it's it's always like a big thing. It's like whoa, like you know, because it's like a whole big thing when you do it. There's like you know the screens flashing and all kinds of stuffs happening, right? This is kind of how you set it up as a career. So like when that mm-hmm. happens, it's a big deal. Like somebody is given some money, you want to, you know, and and I've had it happen for me that like if certain things happen, it seems to become a bit of a tradition with some people. So like whenever I've done slaughtering, if I do everything correct. Mm-hmm people start gifting subs. It's like a celebration <laughs> of me doing it. Uh, so that's like a thing that happens. It happens somewhat seemingly randomly. Uh, sometimes people are just feeling generous. And a gifted sub basically means another viewer who's not already subscribed gets the subscription for one month so they get all the benefits of that. Okay, so when I receive, because I believe I received a gifted sub, so I mm-hmm. would, the the, the real when the rubber hits the road perks for me are the loss of ads. Is that fair mm-hmm. to say? That's on my channel. Yes. Right, 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 right. Like you can restrict chat to subscribers only, which okay. is, can be really good for some very large creators. Sure. Right? Cause mm-hmm. some Twitch channels, the chat is unreadable. It's moving so fast. Mm. I mean, it right? seemed like it was for you and yet somehow you were keeping up and you only had only had like a couple hundred people in there, maybe even less, but it yeah. was flying right along when depends. i was there sometimes it's fast sometimes it's slow it depends what's happening in that moment you know yeah okay all right so that's gifted subs then you had mentioned yep. prime subs what is that if you connect if you're an amazon prime customer mm-hmm. you can connect your amazon prime account to your twitch account and you get every month one free subscription to put on a channel it doesn't okay. renew you have to put that prime sub back onto the channel that you're or whatever channel you want it's like a nice way as well for people to try out different channels you know and like if there's perks to them you get that mm-hmm. so you just get that for free as a prime subscriber oh that's neat and, the, prime, and that's so. the same net effect as a subscription it's just it comes from a different place i believe place. it's the same net effect as a tier one subscription gotcha i okay. think okay. I, I actually don't know if you as a creator can can give different uh like things for that probably mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then there's bits and cheers, which is like the older way of making money. This is where like bits is like you can just it's like a currency on Twitch. Okay. And you can give like an arbitrary amount of bits to someone. Um and typically if you do that, it like highlights one of like it's just one of the things that's happened is it will highlight your message. Okay. So if you you attach it to like a chat thing. And so like you might, you know, it gives you a way to get your question seen by someone or to get your mm. the thing that you said on screen. Right. Because like you're thing. as the creator, you're the you're more likely to notice the thing that's in yellow highlight or whatever the case may be. Exactly. I gotcha. Okay. So it's like a whole yeah, you know, it's like a, another it, this is one of the older ways. I, th- I believe this was a thing that existed before the subscriptions. Mm-hmm. And then there's another thing called channel points. Now, channel points this is the thing to help kind of like with content. So every time you go onto my channel, you get points. 
and you can get more points by doing things on my channel. And then you can redeem those channel points to make me do things. This is very fun. So one of the ones that my channel, like everyone coming to watch Mike.Live enjoys is to make me honk. So <laughs> months ago now on Connected, over two episodes, I found out that I could make a sound kind of like a sea lion. <laughs> And because I was streaming at that time, people wanted me to do it. So then I set it up as like a thing for an amount of channel points, whatever it is, like a thousand channel points. You can make me make a honking sound like a sea lion. Mm -hmm. and so that has now become like a persisting thing of the Twitch channel, even though it's now completely devoid of from the original. Yeah, yeah. The original. So now it's just a thing that I do on the Twitch channel. Would, would you mind giving us a sample? No. Oh. I don't want to do it. I, I don't know why. All right. It's, that's it, fine. That's fine. Okay. Like, that's the sound all right so that's the sound that you get and i have like a particular camera angle that i do which zooms in on my face as i do it and there are things that are now persisting as jokes so like i have an extra microphone that i use for sound tests of my keyboard right mm -hmm. so i have a headset on but then i also bring in a microphone so you can get like the asmr sound you get like to really hear it mm -hmm. Now people want to redeem the honk at that exact moment because if I do it, it's picked up on both microphones and it sounds horrific. <laughs> so it's like little fun things like that happen. And then there's like um, hydrating and stretching. These are two that like Twitch recommend mm -hmm. that you put on. So basically someone can redeem their channel points to remind you to take a drink and remind you to stretch. Oh, that's kind of cute. So that happens a lot. And then I've ended up actually setting up some fun ones. So like for an amount, if you redeem it at the right point, I have to change my desk mat, which is my large desk pad, mm -hmm. at the point that it's done. And typically, people will do this when I have loads of stuff on my desk. <laughs> so I have to take everything off, take the desk mat away. Um, and also, like I've also started doing uh, typing tests now. So you can do like a typing test of a keyboard, and there's software that you can use or websites that you can use to see your typing speed, your word per minute speed. Yeah, yep, yep. yep. And I'd resisted it because I don't have a fast word per minute speed, but everyone's in, all in good fun and I'm doing it now. And people can bet their channel points against each other <laughs> for how fast am I going to yeah, type. That's delightful. That is super So you delightful. end up, so this is like channel points, there's no money in this, right? Mm -hmm. But it is a way that Twitch has created this system to help you as the content creator make fun in the stream and yeah, so like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's definitely something that like i want to do more of like coming up with different ideas and also now uh, i'm at the point now where like i thought i'd be cool to just do all the moderation and stuff myself on the channel and i was for a while but i now have my friend ian helping me um like ian is now like whenever i'm streaming he would basically it's not content moderation as such that he's doing but like he's helping me like set up polls and stuff like that um and there are these commands that you put in the chat like if people want to know like what are the specs of my pc rather than me saying it every time you just type like exclamation mark pc into the chat and there's a bot that will spit out the mm, stuff mm -hmm. and so ian's helping me set some of that stuff up as well which when i started out like there are automated bots that you can have um which i have got for like curse words and stuff and so like you, that's really easy by and large like you can just set these automated bots up and their bot, it's like a system that information is fed into. So if there's some new like racial slur or whatever, this bot called Nightbot, it's just picking all that stuff up for you, right? Mm -hmm. Which is mm -hmm. great. But then these bots can also do these other things. And as I am becoming more frequent with this, 
it's you know there is more expectation of me and of myself to do some of the things that you see on your favorite creators channels right yeah, yeah which yeah, would yeah. be like you know you want to have this thing set up right and this thing set up right because as well what happens what happens a lot is people that do not know me arrive in the stream because mm -hmm. twitch has mm -hmm. an algorithm sure and it knows what I'm doing and it knows the type of people. So when people log on to Twitch, they're recommended to come and watch my channel. So they're coming in and they are typing in a command, which is a standardized command, but I don't have it set up. Mm, right. So like, I got you. It's help as I, I'm learning, like as I'm moving through this, it's helpful to have a friend who's there to just help me with it, right? A little mm -hmm, bit. Mm -hmm. And we enjoy it. Like, and Ian's helping recommend stuff to me of like, oh, you should consider doing this thing or that thing. So it's fun to have like a collaborator as well on this project. So, I mean, I, it's fun. I look forward to every Friday. Uh, you know, I sometimes have to like stop myself from streaming more often sometimes because like, you know, I, I, I wish, I don't, I don't necessarily have the time most weeks to take a two or three hour chunk out of my day you know right um but i wished i you know maybe i i expect over time uh, it will be something that i do more i expect it will become more frequent again when i when i am back at the studio just because i'll be in an environment because like say for example i've got say i've got two shows in a day or whatever and maybe one of them let's say it's at three o'clock and then one of them is at like say six or maybe you know or whatever or i've got like a meeting in the morning and i'm recording in the afternoon or in the evening I'm at home during that time i could do other stuff mm -hmm. i can do things at home you know right. like if i don't have like a large workload or whatever that day i'm at the studio i'm kind of just waiting around right right like right. this is one of the reasons i started doing the streaming in the first place i was just finding these pockets in my day where i had like a couple of hours to spare because mm -hmm. of the weird way my schedule is made up and so I then started filling that with streaming. Like I was streaming more frequently when I was at the studio than I have been when I'm at home. And that might be part of the reason why. So, you know, I'm not ruling that thought out that I might do more like impromptu streams when I'm back in Mega Studio again. But by and large, I really love this. It does not feel like a work project to me at all. It honestly, it's just like, it's like a hobby for me because um, it's so different to podcasting from like a workflow perspective. It's funny. And I believe you, and you're the only one who can make this choice, but you know, I'd written in the show notes, Mike, I don't want a new hobby to become work. Also, Mike, come watch me build a keyboard every week on Twitch. And it's mm -hmm. like from an outsider's perspective, it sure sounds a lot like work. And again, I'm not arguing with you. You're the one who knows whether it's a burden and a work or if it isn't, but it's so funny to me that what I think genuinely started is you just wanting to participate as a, as a, as a, not a lurker, but like as a consumer is, I guess the word I'm looking for. You wanted to participate as a consumer in this. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think as you are want to do over time, it just became, well, I want to participate as a creator as well. And, and I don't mean to imply that that's bad. It's just so funny to me. It's becoming that... like a very valid part of the hobby for people of like sharing. So like, mm -hmm. you know, you see this a lot in discords, like I'm in a bunch of discords and people like to share stuff. And I am in the position where I can, share it on video with an audience you know mm. um and and it really it just doesn't it has no feeling of work to me like i show up at the time that i want to do it and when i'm done i'm done and that's yeah. it and that is that is very powerful nothing else happens afterwards it's it's a great feeling and it's also giving me the excuse to make time for this hobby 
Yeah. yeah Where yeah. otherwise, because I know the type of person I am, I would be willing to push it aside if something came up. Um, and also, like, I'm making new friends, which is yeah. not a thing that I've done for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is a very nice feeling. It absolutely is. Everything you just said, I completely agree with. And, you know, I was alluding to this earlier, but I, I'd like to make it plain now. Um, you know, I, I've been poking fun at you here and there about this keyboard hobby and how expensive it is and how silly it is. But as much as I'm poking fun, I I really am proud and, and actually jealous that you have found such a strong outlet and beyond that have immersed yourself in it as much as you have. And, and also none of my current friends do this. Right. And that is like super weird for me over the last 10 years that I have a thing that I'm interested in, deeply interested in that none of my existing friend group was interested in. Yeah. And I think, I, I think some of us are to varying degrees. Like I know Snell is dabbled in this world and seems to be coming back in. Jason. Okay. So like a lot of people like keyboards but what I like is very specific. It's like we are talking custom mechanical keyboards. It's like an offshoot of the hobby. It's like, mm. how can I? I'm trying to think of a way to explain this. It's like I like programming versus I like making Swift programming. Like mm -hmm. I, like, I like Swift programming. Yeah, yeah. I'm really into Swift, right? It's like, as Matt said, it's perfect. There are mechanical keyboards and then there are mechanical keyboards. It's a, <laughs> it is. They are ostensibly the same thing, but the communities are very different. Like, Interesting. Okay. A lot of people, they find a keyboard that they like, they buy that keyboard, and they're good with it. You know, for me, it's like it, this is a very, very specific thing with artisans and creators and, you know, like products that can cost a lot of money. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And and it's like you know it w there there are multiple levels to this, and even though I have friends that like keyboards, they are not interested in what I am interested in. I see. Yeah. Okay. You know, I I didn't I didn't realize the distinction, but um, but no, that is you useful, right? Like mm -hmm. you had no reason to. It's kind of you know like okay, it's Matt saying another one like there are it's like a, for a Casey analogy, there are nice cars, and then there are people who replace every part of their nice car exactly as they want. <laughs> And I'm in gotcha. that second camp. Yeah, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Like, I am like choosing every part of the keyboards that I want to build, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I, I don't want to lose sight of, though, I, I really am proud and jealous that you have found such an outlet for all of this energy and have have dive dove in as well and as much as you have and, have. and have something to show for it. Like, not to imply that you can't have a hobby just for fun, but it's impressive and and again, I'm proud of you that you've come come at this and created a name for yourself in in a world that you really didn't have any feet or toes or extremities in. And and I I I don't feel like there's any particular worlds that are similar to this that I want to be a part of. But nevertheless, I'm very jealous that you have found this new thing that that is that you find to be deeply entertaining and that apparently is entertaining others too and that's something that that you should be proud of as well and Thank and you. I will continue to make fun of you for it but really mm -hmm. I'm just jealous so it's um, fine by me I, I I think you should be very proud and pleased that you've that not only that you've created all this but also it seems like you still at this point anyway have a pretty healthy relationship with it in that it's not taking over the world as so many of your hobbies seem to have done in the past takes over because taking over quite a large part of my life you're just not seeing it well but uh, i mean i don't know maybe that's a good sign i'm fine with that though i'm totally fine with it this is so this has been 
you know, like I, there's so many people interested in this hobby because of COVID and I am one yeah, of those yeah, people. Yeah. Like you just want a new thing to take up a ton of your time and this is taking up a ton of my time. Yeah, that's awesome. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. You might not know this, but by default, Netflix is hiding thousands of shows and movies based on your location. Different locations have different content offerings. You might be aware that Netflix have recently increased their prices again. Maybe if you want to get a bit more of your money's worth from your Netflix subscription, you could start using ExpressVPN like I do. So you might not know what's on Netflix in your country is completely different from what's on somebody's Netflix here in the UK or maybe someone in Japan. Using ExpressVPN, I can control which country I want Netflix to think that I'm in. And ExpressVPN has therefore unlocked over 90 countries of content catalogs to choose from. So every time I run out of stuff to watch, there's other stuff to watch with other countries by unlocking new shows with ExpressVPN. Here's the best part, though. It's not just Netflix. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows and other streaming services, too. You could use it to watch BBC iPlayer, which is free and only available in the UK. ExpressVPN is also super fast and works on your phone, your laptop, and even smart TVs, so you can watch your shows on the big screen with zero buffering. I just did this a couple of weeks ago. I've been talking about The West Wing a bunch recently, right? I finished watching uh, The West Wing, and HBO, I think it was like HBO Max thing, they did like a special, like a like this like special episode kind of around the election time. Mm-hmm. And it's free. Like you don't even need to be a HBO Max subscriber, but it was region locked. So I couldn't watch it in the uh, UK. Bummer. Turned on ExpressVPN, said that was in the US, and airplayed it to my TV. Awesome. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I was able to watch it. And it's it is exactly as I am telling you. We watched it on our TV, no buffering at all. Just press play and it was in HD. It was fantastic. You can make the smart choice to stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. Get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash analog. Don't forget to use that link so you can get the extra months free. There's three of them. Go to expressvpn.com slash analog. Once again, there's expressvpn.com slash analog to learn more and get three extra months for free. A thanks to ExpressVPN for the support of this show. Excellent. So some recommendations. Yeah, so uh, actually, considering I just mentioned The West Wing, uh, I want to recommend a podcast, uh, The West Wing Weekly. It is a show that is completed now, um, but it is a weekly recap show of The West Wing. People are recommending that I listen to this as we were watching through, but that just wasn't going to work for me because we were binging. So like, there was no way for me to keep in lockstep between the show mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the podcast. But now that I'm done with The West Wing, I loved it so much, I wanted to keep the feeling alive. So I'm listening back to the podcast from the beginning <laughs> and it's fantastic. So it is hosted by uh, Harishikesh Hirway, who oh, is the creator yeah, yeah, yeah. of Song Exploder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There you go. And so therefore you can completely understand this is a beautifully produced podcast. Loads of sound effects and clips put into it. They bring in interviews a lot for context of the show, and they're also really well done. So, like, you know, if they're talking about something affecting the army or some kind of bill in Congress, they might bring someone on who's currently filling one of these positions high up in the American political sphere to give context to what they were talking about in the West Wing then and how it is now. Plus, because also one of the, because Rishi's co host is Josh Molina, who was on the West Wing, (laughs) (laughs) right? They bring on every actor, person behind the show. Like, we are, this is like the West Wing. Okay, if you like a recap show like Office Ladies 
or like uh what is the one for scrubs called i don't remember oh shoot i know exactly what you're thinking of now i can't think of you it you have the west wing really to thank for this because i i think that this show really set the idea of how someone involved in a show can be a part of something like this and how it improves the overall product in that way mm-hmm. um or can again it's like there are very different types of things like so i think me and jason were talking about this you know because obviously the incomparable has loads of these types of shows right like rewatch shows but just because there are shows that are involved with the creators doesn't mean that they're the best it's a different kind of thing like there may be less critical eye taken to some things if people that are involved in the show are a part of the podcast but i would say that west wing weekly does a really good job like even josh Melina will give a critical eye to things. I mean, I haven't gotten to any of the episodes where he's in yet. So he's mm. in from season four onwards and I'm on to season two. But it's so good. I love it. The chemistry be- between the hosts is good because they were friends beforehand. That's why they do it together. And Rishi uh, like convinced Josh to do the show with him. Um, it's very, very fun. And I'm doing something that I don't know if I've ever really done before. Like I've maybe done in small parts. Like I am binging this podcast. Every other podcast I listen to, sorry, Casey, is going by the wayside right now. I am just like <laughs> plowing through the West Wing Weekly. I was because I love it so much. It's so well done. And I love the interviews. And you get to hear not just about the show and about some of the issues, but also like the craft of making something like this. And I'm just like super into it. And now like I didn't want to watch anything else on TV whilst watching the West Wing. And now I don't want to listen to anything else while I'm binging the West Wing weekly. So no, that happens. That's totally fair. Uh, for me, uh, I, I will tell you something that you didn't know potentially since, since you've been ignoring all your other podcasts, which is totally No, I fine. do know because you can't help but send me pictures and videos. But. <laughs> I, uh, I decided to get myself a little treat, um, and I bought myself a uh, DJI Mini 2, which is a drone by, the, uh, by DJI, DJI. They are kind of the premier drone makers by most arguments, and the Mini 2 is the cheapest, most basic uh, drone that you can buy from them, and I freaking love this thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to use it ever again after like the first couple of months, but holy smokes, um, it is so so fun and such a neat little toy. And I, I I I don't know if it's really fair to make a make a comparison to your keyboard hobby. In fact, it probably isn't, but I feel like this is the first time I've found, in a while, I've found something that's like way outside my normal Mm. day-to-day. Like even the Raspberry Pi, like that whole adventure, that was still largely, you know, writing code and and fiddling with things. And yeah, there was an electronic component to it. There was soldering, which I'd never really done before. But for the most part, it was still mostly in my wheelhouse. This is like something totally different and weird. And I guess, yes, it's photography, but... I mean, I was never that great a photographer anyway. Um, and, and it's just been really fun to mess with. And unfortunately, like, like I was saying earlier, the weather's been really crummy here for like a week or two. So I haven't been able to play with it in a while, but, um, it's just been really neat to be able to see the sorts of things you can do when you have a camera that can move in 3d space basically without limit. I mean, obviously there are limits, but, um, but it's been really neat. And like, one of the things I've been doing is as construction has been going on at the house, Every morning, I'll take a picture from 100 feet up of what the construction looks like in the in the back of the house, and I figure over time I'll be able to have like a little slideshow of here's what it looked like when we built that porch on the house. And maybe not another human being on the on the planet will care, but I care, and I think it's super cool. And 
this is as drones go, it's as cheap as they come. Like if you get the uh, fly more package, which I strongly recommend, which has like extra stuff in it, it was about 600 bucks, which is a lot of money. It is a lot, a lot, a lot of money, especially for a toy, but man, it's a fun toy. And you know, whenever it is that we can vacation again and whenever it is we can go places again, I'm really looking forward on, to taking this. Like when we, if we were able to go to the beach, for example, you know, to take some shots of us at the beach, you know, from a distance and, and, and to, to be able to get perspectives that you simply cannot get from, from any other device really. And it's, it's been really, really fun. Um, and this is the specific one that's just the right weight. So it gets underneath the regulation, right? Uh, yes. Asterisk. So it's 249 grams, which means you don't have to register it with the FAA. But from what I understand, registering it with the FAA is not that challenging. And I think there might be like one or two other maybe things that you can do because it's so light. But um, but that being said, it seems to me like in practice, it actually doesn't make that much of a difference. However, it being so small and so light means that it's relatively easy to carry. Like the controller is bigger than the darn drone. <laughs> so you have um, the actual physical controller, you're yeah, not just using the phone. Correct. Correct. Right. Um, and I plan to where, wherever possible use the controller. In fact, one of the things I want to do today, if I have time is try using it with just the phone. Cause I've never actually done that. Um, but one of the perks of the controller, of course, is that you can, you can fly it further away. I mean, I don't think you should just use it with the phone. It's not going to be as good of an experience. The controller gives you the better, better control. Honestly, that's silly. A thousand percent. But the thing I was thinking of is, you know, in the future, if I were to go on like a hike or something, it would be mm. much easier to bring simply the drone and a single battery right, right, in the right, backpack right. rather than the drone and the controller and extra batteries and so on and so forth. So, um, if this is something that you're interested in, uh, well, first of all, you can rent them from like, um, what is it? Lensrentals.com. I think last I looked years hmm. ago, you could rent them from there. Um, but either way, it is super fun. I don't know if it's going to be one of those toys that I use for a while and then never think of again, but, hmm. um, but it is, it is neat to have that tool in my arsenal in the same way that I don't use my gimbal often, but it's neat to you to put my phone in it and use it if I know that there's an occasion to do so. I don't use my big camera that often anymore, but I'm glad that I have one. So on the occasion, I want to take a really nice picture. I can. I don't use my GoPros that I was using for Casey on cars that much anymore. But on occasion, it's really, really nice to have it. And yes, this is a, in some total, especially this is a considerable amount of money, but it's taken me literally years to amass all this stuff. And having all those tools in my tool chest for someone who really likes to document his life for his own purposes, I know that sounds super self-involved, but like I'm not really posting that much of this stuff anywhere, but I like to have a record of important things in our lives. And having all these tools in the tool chest is, is super nice. And so uh, if you have the means, I highly suggest picking one up. How do you deal with the social ramifications of using it. <laughs> you know, it's a very, very good question. Um, basically I've only flown it for the most part around the house because, Hey, we're not going anywhere. Um, but one time we did take it to a park, to a field in a park. And so this was like, I don't know, probably three or four soccer fields worth of space, you know, in one large field. And we basically went to one corner of it and I flew it around for a while. And for the most part, people would point and laugh and and that was that. But I mean, one of the regulations that you're you're supposed to follow is you're not supposed to fly above people. Like you can fly above and adjacent to people, but not directly above people. And so I tried not to fly above people. And as long as you're high enough up, you, you know, and as long as you're not like creeping, 
it doesn't seem in my limited experience to bother people that much, but I mean, I'm also not flying this in downtown London. I'm flying this in a suburb of Richmond, Virginia, which is itself Mm. not a very big place, you know, like Richmond is a city, but it's not that big a city. So I don't, I don't know that it would go so well if I were to take this downtown, for example, or if I were to take this, um, to London or New York or something like that, like even leaving aside the regulations, just if I were to try it from a social perspective, I'm sure it would not end as well. But one of the things I want to do, bring, you know, speaking of, is I want to take this because it appears that, uh, as with most major cities or even most cities at all, there's a river that runs straight through Richmond. And it's no Thames, but it's a river. And so one of the things I'd like to do sometime, if I ever have the spare time, is to go down there and like fly it above the river because it seems like I could t- get some really good shots and, and videos yeah. there. And it's not going to really bother anyone if I'm over water. And, and so I really want to try that sometime, but I just haven't had the chance yet. So... Yes, it's a toy. Yes, it's frivolous, but but my goodness, I'm I'm excited to have it, and I, and I think it's going to be really fun. 